USA Wealth Group Inc. presents Money Wise with the Money Guys. Ray Lance and Pete Lance are your hosts for the next hour, talking retirement topics and having the retirement conversation for those at or nearing retirement. For more than 20 years, USA Wealth Group has been committed to helping families protect and grow their wealth by providing safe and effective strategies. The conversation starts now. Welcome to Money Wise Radio. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to Money Wise. You know, recently we had a show that we did on myths about estate planning and uh, legal topics and so forth. Today we want to focus on myths about life insurance and myths about annuities because what I found over the years is that people have many, many misconceptions. Mostly they pick them up from their neighbors or their friends and often they're wrong. So today we're going to try to dispel some of these myths and I'd like to begin by saying a warm welcome to my favorite lawyer and maybe yours, attorney, Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny. Good morning, everyone. And uh, how are you doing this morning? Are you full uh, of energy and life? And Well, yes, good. I usually am. Yeah, you usually are. You're kind of like a chirping bird in the morning. It's kind of like the pink bunny wound up, ready to go. You mean the ever-ready bunny that never quits? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Energizer. Oh, Energizer bunny. What did I say? Ever-ready bunny? And and the voice in the background that you hear also is from Pete Lance. Good morning, Pete. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Let's see. I won't comment on shaving this morning because I told you I won't talk about uh, shaving anymore. I won't, and yet you're doing it. I won't talk about whiskers anymore. I, I promise I won't talk about it anymore today. Well, with that having not been said, let's begin and talk about some famous myths about life insurance. So, Pete, do you have life insurance in your life? I do. I have children, so I do have life insurance. I think that anyone who has dependents uh, is, you know, quite frankly, really doing a very big disservice to your family, to your dependents, if you do not have life insurance, especially if you have children who are minors. Okay, and do you think that having children is the only reason to have life insurance? No, not at all. There's many people who have it just to pay for their funeral. There's many people I know who do not have any dependents at all. Uh, some people don't even have a spouse, and they just want to make sure that you know their funeral is, is covered. How about if you want to make sure that you can leave something extra to maybe the church that you go to? You'd like to leave something to them when you're gone, but you don't have regular assets. Uh, that could be a use for life insurance, right? Yeah, we've done that before in the past for uh, charities. We've talked to people who, we've talked to many people who don't have children but wanted to leave a legacy of just having their name be known in the town for hockey rinks and you know other charitable endeavors. And so life insurance, what you're saying then, is, is a way you can leave maybe some extra money. Maybe you can leave a legacy uh, if you would like to do that. It doesn't have to be to a church. It can be to your favorite charity. It could be to your favorite cause. Or it could be to family members. Most people do it, I suspect, for family members. Yeah, to leave something to them or at least to pay off any uh, bills and you know maybe possible estate taxes when they're gone. Uh, so the beneficiaries don't have to worry about that. So I've heard a myth recently that if you have life insurance and then you had the COVID vaccine, your life insurance policy is not going to pay out. That's not true, is it? No, and that's the first I'd heard of that when, you know, reviewing the, the materials for this week's show. I hadn't heard that at all. Uh, but it's absolutely a myth. I, I don't know where that came up with, but there's so much misinformation that's going around that uh, it doesn't really surprise me. It's kind of amazing what doesn't surprise me anymore with false you know, information. No, it doesn't. In fact, um, I only believe things that I can see and verify and touch or smell or feel. Um, I don't believe in a lot more because uh, in, in terms of financial things, at least, uh, we all have various backgrounds and studies that we've done and taxes and legal issues and insurance and so forth. 
And yet we're constantly learning in these areas too, aren't we, Pete? Yeah, we are. We always have to keep up with all the changes and all the new products and new regulations and everything. Uh, yeah, it really is amazing. I mean, I think that social media is really a horrible thing. I use it, of course, but uh, everybody is now an expert and they get their information from so many unqualified sources and they take it as gospel and spread the misinformation around. So how about this one? Sometimes people say, you know, I'm young and I'm healthy and I don't need life insurance. That's a myth, isn't it? Yeah, it, it definitely is. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for young people to get life insurance. First of all, it's extremely inexpensive uh, when you're young, especially. I wouldn't recommend necessarily getting a term life insurance policy for a young person, but you could do like a 20 pay or a 30 pay and have your policy paid off by the time you're um, you know, 50 or maybe 60, depending on when you start taking it out. But the premiums are going to be so much cheaper because you're younger and then if you develop a health problem later on in life, you're now going to protect your loved ones. Uh, also, if you don't even end up getting married or have children, uh, there still will be expenses when you're gone, including for your funeral. Uh, maybe you've uh, had your parents co-sign on a student loan that can be paid off with the proceeds. So there's all kinds of reasons for a, a young individual to uh, get life insurance. And there's a lot of different kinds of life insurance. So you could buy a life insurance policy that's a whole life or universal life policy, but it also has a savings aspect to it or an investment aspect to it, right? You could be building money for college. You could be building money for retirement. So it doesn't have to be just about it's got to pay off when I'm gone, when I'm deceased. It can be for a savings purpose. The interesting thing about life insurance is if you have some kind of a whole life policy or universal life policy that's building up cash value, it can, sometimes can be better than an IRA account because later when you want to take some money out of it, you don't have to necessarily pay income taxes on it. You can borrow the money out from the cash flow and that's a loan from your insurance policy that gets paid off out of the death benefit when you're gone. But that's not income in the meantime. So if you take money out of an IRA account, for example, that's going to be taxable income. Right, and that money doesn't have to be paid back. You never have to pay that money back. There is interest on what That's you're borrowing. Good point. But you don't have to pay it back. It just reduces the death benefit by whatever amount you take out of the cash value. But I think probably the number one reason that most people get life insurance is because simply wanting to have some protection. So in your case, you've got three children. There's an insurance policy on your life. There's an insurance policy on uh, your wife's life. And it's really designed to protect the kids in case something happens to one of you, isn't it? Right. Uh, it's designed to uh, pay for, you know, the usual things that, you know, people have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis for food and, um, you know, utilities. Uh, maybe it's going to pay off the mortgage so they can live in the, in the house comfortably uh, and also to help pay for college expenses if that's what they decide to do. And that's a really good point. Let's say you've just bought a house and you have a mortgage on it. Why wouldn't you come to see Pete Lance and get a term life insurance policy so that if something happens to you, there's enough money to pay off the mortgage? And then whoever continues to live in the house, let's say it's your surviving spouse, won't have a mortgage payment to make and they won't have to go out and sell the house right away. That makes good sense, doesn't it? Yeah, and you can get the term policy for the exact amount of the mortgage. And yes, of course, the mortgage will decrease, uh, but then it just leaves a benefit, you know, above and beyond what the mortgage payoff would be. Um, and maybe it never pays out, and that's a good thing. But at least you protected uh, your spouse and maybe your children for the duration of that mortgage. Okay, so here's a myth. Only the breadwinner needs life insurance. Do you agree with that proposition? No, not at all. All right, and why? Well, I mean, it's, again, to protect the other loved one. It's to, you know, help to pay off that mortgage. The breadwinner, you know, may take more money in than the other spouse, but that doesn't mean that they're taking in everything. And then also if the breadwinner, excuse me, if the, the non-quote-unquote breadwinner is home, they're probably home for a reason, like taking care of children. So now who are you going to pay sure. to pay for the children? Yep, so let's say the surviving spouse at home has to go back into the workforce, somebody has got to take care of the kids, right? Yep. So life insurance is valuable when you have young children. 
How about when you're working, let's say you're in middle age, let's think about this for a second, and you say, well, I've got a good job, I've got good income, and both husband and wife are working, we're making decent money. Um, we don't really need life insurance right now. But again, if you've built up a lifestyle to match your incomes, then if something happens to one of you, you've only got one income left, so you still need to think about life insurance. How about this as a myth? And Tenny, this one is for you as well. If you have health insurance, excuse me, if you have health issues, you can't get life insurance. Some people think that. Do you think that's true? I know that um, usually with life insurance, there's a requirement for a health review or health uh, series of small tests that are required. But I'm not sure it's required for everything. Tell me more. Well, sure. So, for example, um, if it was a perfect world and everybody was perfectly healthy, then you wouldn't have to worry about whether you have health issues when you're applying for life insurance. But, Pete, back to you for a minute. People who can, who've had health issues can still get life insurance. They might just have a rated policy, correct? Yeah, exactly. There's different ratings. There's all kinds of different ratings. It depends on whether you're a tobacco user or not, um, you know, whether you take a lot of medicines for high blood pressure, cholesterol, uh, whether you're overweight. There's all kinds of issues that the underwriters take into account, and then they give a rating. You're either going to be, you know, preferred plus or preferred or standard or standard non-tobacco or standard tobacco. There's all kinds of different ratings. Um, but, you know, to get a quote doesn't cost anything. You can at least see because that's another myth is that life insurance is expensive. And uh, there was an article I was just reading. Uh, let's see if I can find it quickly. It says that... Uh, Half of Americans overestimate the cost of term life insurance alone by three times its actual cost. Hmm. So most people think that life insurance is three times as expensive as it really is. But yes, there's different ratings. And if you do have a health issue that's serious, like you, maybe you had cancer, but you're cancer-free for five years, or maybe you've had a heart attack, but it's been five years, or then you might get a rating. Uh, it's called a table rating. So I want to pursue that subject a little bit after we take a short break, but I want to give you a quotation from one of my favorite actors, Peter O'Toole, who is in Lawrence of Arabia. And this is, is for you, Tenny. Peter O'Toole once said, my favorite food from my homeland, he was British, is Guinness. My second choice is Guinness. My third choice would have to be Guinness. So <laughs> I like him also. <laughs> with that in mind, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Stay tuned. <laughs> You're listening to Money Wise with the Money Guys, hosted by Ray Lance and Pete Lance. If you have questions about retirement, call today, 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858 for a consultation or a second opinion on your current retirement plan. 508-998-8858. And now, back to Money Wise with the Money Guys. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise. We're talking this morning about myths pertaining to life insurance, annuities. We're going to talk about it a little bit, too. You know, people have a lot of misconceptions in general, and they like to believe what they hear their friends tell them and so forth. But your friends are not experts. If you want advice and you want to know the facts and what's real and what's not regarding these financial products, you need to make an appointment and come and meet with myself or with Pete at... Uh, Give us a call at 508-998-8858. Or if you've got questions pertaining to legal matters, give a call to Attorney Tenny Lance or Attorney Mike Coleman, and you can reach them at 508-998-8800. I think Peter had a good point a minute ago when he was saying that it doesn't cost anything to get quotes. No, it doesn't. And generally, that's a good thing to pick up on. So, Pete... When you get quotations for life insurance for somebody, you don't just get a quotation from one company, do you? No, typically at least four different companies. And we do that through the wholesale companies that we work with. They know the best companies. 
But it's not done in a vacuum. It's done by sending in information about the client. So there would be a few questions that would be asked. What's your height? What's your weight? What's your age? Are you a smoker? Are you a non-smoker? Have you had any unusual surgeries or illnesses that you've been treated for in the last couple of years? And I've, I think I've only had one or two people who've actually not told the truth about that. And then when they have their medical exam and get the medical records, it turns out that they had other issues. Well, and, and it depends on the amount of life insurance that you're looking for. If you're looking for a small policy, you may not have any uh, medical you know, sort of digging into your past at all. Uh, you may not even have what's called a paramed exam where they come and they just draw blood and check your blood pressure. They do that at your house or your work or wherever it's most convenient for you. It's just a traveling nurse that comes in. It's only five or ten minutes. Um, but that might not even be possible or might not even be required depending on the amount of life insurance, the type of life insurance, and your age. Um, but that is a good point because I always tell people don't lie about your, you know, your medical past um, because say you do lie and it gets past the underwriters and they don't catch it and then you pass away and it's because of lung cancer from smoking that you you know didn't uh, own up to or something else that you didn't fess up to the policy won't pay out so it's important to be honest yeah you have to be honest about it but um, you mentioned something a minute ago that is important also you asked how many different quotes i i uh, get and it's usually four different companies and what we do is we, there's at least 30 different companies that we can work with, and that's why it's important to work with an independent advisor, an independent financial advisor, because if you're a captive agent somewhere, then you only have access to that particular company's life insurance. And there are many different companies, many different life insurance policies, many different underwriting requirements. So somebody, for example, who I got life insurance for maybe five or six years ago, uh, they had a heart attack. And uh, that person had been denied everywhere else. And when I put it out there to all the different companies, one company came back and we were able to get this person insured. Um, so that's why it's important to have access to all these different companies because one company may not, or 29 companies, I should say, may not insure you or might have a much higher um, premium. And there's one company that you know, may insure you and, and maybe a, or maybe a lower premium. You know, we've got a lot of stories that we can share and tell you uh, that we've personally witnessed over the years. We had a gentleman who had two term policies of $250,000 each, naming his wife as the beneficiaries. Uh, they had other assets as well, fortunately. But um, he was diagnosed with a major serious illness that ultimately took his life. And his term insurance was running out, but he had the ability to continue it at a fairly high cost. What happens with term insurance when you reach the end of a term, let's say it's 20 years, then the insurance can continue sometimes, but the premium will go up really dramatically in value, sometimes as much as 10 or 15 or 20 times uh, what you had been paying a year. And so the, the question that came from him was, should I continue paying the premium at this high amount? And so what happened is he did. He paid some very expensive premiums for a little over a year, but then he died. And guess what? These $250,000 policies, two of them, paid off a half a million dollars total to his family. So insurance needs to be looked at carefully. Uh, term insurance has its place. Whole life or universal life insurance has its place. We can help with all those things. And what you were just saying about you got to be honest because they're going to find out your medical records anyways. There's a quotation from Michelle Obama. She said, we learned about honesty and integrity, that the truth matters, that you don't take shortcuts or play by your own set of rules. And success doesn't count unless you earn it fair and square. A little bit different topic, obviously, but uh, the rule of honesty is very important for everything we do, isn't it? And honestly, we did not intend to turn this into a whole life insurance sales process, sales pitch, but we'll get off of that in just a second. The only other thing I'll mention is that if you do currently have a life insurance policy, let us review it. Uh, there's been many cases where we've been able to do what's called a 1035 exchange into a new policy with lower premiums and the same death benefit, or uh, possibly a single premium paid up policy where you're no longer paying any premiums 
and maybe the de death benefit is the same. Maybe it's a little bit less, but at least you're no longer paying uh, premiums. Um, so it depends on, on the individual situation, but let us review it. There's no charge to do that. And life insurance gets less expensive just as a whole in, in general year after year just because of medical advances and people are living longer. So have us take a look and see if there's anything we can do for your current policy. One thing that I want to remind people of that I think is important for them to realize is that we have a lot of capabilities here at our office. We don't simply sell life insurance. We don't simply do wills. We don't simply have annuities or whatever that are available for people to purchase. We can do a broad range of things that can be of significant service and uh, it's like one-stop shopping, um, and we we like to think that we interrelate people's needs with the services that we can provide or the products that uh, can be sold. Good point, Tenny. And, you know, sometimes if you have a larger estate and you're taking out a life insurance policy or you have an existing larger life insurance policy that's going to cause your estate to have to pay Massachusetts estate taxes— Sometimes you can transfer the ownership of that policy into an irrevocable life insurance trust. So, Peter, we were talking earlier about your life insurance and your wife's life insurance. You don't own those policies individually. They're owned in irrevocable life insurance trusts. And that's a good way to hold title. Jenny, you were a big fan of Peter O'Toole, weren't you? Yes. Um, I, I always wondered what his um, gender was I only realized recently that he was married and had children. He was very British. Wasn't he um, Sir Thomas a Beckett in the Beckett film? I'm trying to think of whether Richard Burton played that part or whether he did. I thought but Richard the, the Burton played the king. I uh, can't remember, but the movie, remember. the movie itself was called Beckett. So Peter O'Toole once said, the only exercise I take is walking behind the coffins of friends who took exercise. That's morbid and weird. <laughs> it is, but I just thought, hey, it sounds like Peter O'Toole. Right. Well, what the heck? We can use that one. Yeah, but he also said, Peter O'Toole, if you can't do something willingly and joyfully, then don't do it. So continuing on with our discussion, Tenny liked my quote about Guinness because she likes Guinness. Um, let's move on from life insurance and talk about some other things instead. So um, I think we've covered most of the myths. I guess maybe there's just one more thing I would like to say about life insurance in general is that um, sometimes you have a need for life insurance whether you realize it or not. Come and ask us the question. We can answer that for you. And don't ever try to buy life insurance online. You're not going to get the best products or the best results. And you're never too young. And sometimes you're not necessarily too old. The oldest insurance policy I personally have handled was for somebody who was age 85. And there was a tax reason for purchasing the insurance. But anyways, let's move on to some myths about annuities. So we can change subjects just a little bit. We've got a lot still we want to cover today. And um, one of the myths about annuities is that they're too hard to understand. I think we solve that problem here, don't we, Pete? We explain everything very clearly and in great detail. That's one thing that, yeah, I think that we talk to people in a down-to-earth, you know, nature. Uh, I've had so many people tell me, both in person and over the phone, that I wasn't trying to just pull the wool over their eyes and, and sell them something. I was actually trying to help them, and I explained things to them in a simple way that they could understand. Annuities certainly can be difficult to understand, but uh, we certainly explain them in an in a appropriate way. Um, but I, I've had many people tell me that, that I take the time to answer all their questions. Uh, I don't think that any of their questions are ever stupid. I understand that their questions because they don't understand, you know, what's happening and, and they're looking for answers. And they have said, I've worked with other agents in the past who rushed me through to just to get off the phone or get out of the appointment because I could tell that they thought my questions were silly and they just didn't want to take the time. So... Yeah, we explain everything, not just uh, annuities in, in plain English. Another myth uh, that people have is that, gee, if I have retirement savings, if I have an IRA account, I don't need an annuity. P, 
People often confuse what an annuity is with an IRA, and they think that they're totally separate things, but not necessarily. Why don't you just briefly explain what an annuity is? An annuity is simply an investment. It's a contract. It's a contract with an insurance company. It's backed up and guaranteed by the financial strength of the insurance company. There's also some state uh, savings and insurance programs that are available for part of it sometimes. But if you have an IRA account, for example, a lot of people think, well, I'm going to invest the IRA account in my bank. I'm going to invest it in stocks or bonds or mutual funds. And sometimes people don't realize that you can take your IRA account and you can invest it inside of an annuity. That can be the investment choice. And we're going to come back in a couple of minutes and explain a little bit more in detail why you might want to have an annuity, and particularly in this day and age, and tell you some of the features of it because it's a good thing for people to know. So when we come back, um, we're going to give you a couple more interesting quotes from Rodney Dangerfield, who is a very serious philosopher. And then we'll continue with our myths about annuities. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We will be right back. This is Money Wise Radio with Ray and Pete Lance, powered by the USA Wealth Group. Collectively, more than 80 years of experience helping clients define and plan for their retirement goals. To begin a retirement consultation, call 508 998 8858. That's 508 998 8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Money Wise and welcome to attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning once again, Tenny. Good morning. I haven't seen you since first thing this morning. <laughs> well, that's the, because we leave at different times. Yeah, and then usually I hear clip, clop, clip, clop coming down the stairs in high heels. <laughs> so anyway, and welcome to Pete Lance. So Pete, we were talking about myths about annuities. We were saying just before the break that an annuity is nothing more than an investment. It's a contract with an insurance company. I thought you had a quote from a, a really famous Greek philosopher. Well, let's see. I must have something here. You, we're talking about that. I think he was the most, he was even more famous than Socrates. His name was Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, oh. I didn't say Greek philosophy. I wonder what kind of a name Dangerfield is. I don't think it's Greek. Well, well in any event, while well, you find your quote that I thought you had here ready. Here it is. He was talking about family trees. He said, I, I looked up my family tree and found three dogs using it. That's a philosophical quote from Rodney Dangerfield. Well, no, um, I, I would say that at least eight out of ten people that come into our office, if we feel that an annuity is right for that person, and it's not always the case for sure, we have many different financial tools and products uh, brokerage accounts, and all kinds of other invest- investments that we can offer and provide. But I would say 8 out of 10 people uh, have a bad taste in their mouth from annuities, and it's usually because misinformation given to them by a friend or a neighbor or whatever. Um, and a lot of people think that an annuity is something that you put money into, and all of a sudden it just starts paying out um, money to you every month. And that's what's called a single premium immediate annuity, or a SPIA. Which you can do. Which you can do. Um, but that's typically for a very specific reason. Uh, annuities are essentially, as my father said, uh, a contract with a life insurance company. Uh, you can have straight fixed annuities, which, you know, we have what's called multi-year guaranteed annuities. They're as short as three years. Uh, they, you know, can earn what they do earn a lot more than what's available in a bank right now. You can get multi-year guaranteed annuities, you know, earning 2%, 3%, 3.5%, depending on how long, just like a CD would be. Sure. One of the benefits to doing any annuity uh, as an alternative to a CD, which anybody who has a CD, uh, unless it's you know locked into a, a really good interest rate, um, you know I'd say really good is three percent, but even that's now losing money because of inflation. But anybody who has a CD should consider an annuity, even if it's just a three-year MIGA 
annuity because you're going to earn at least 2% instead of your half a percent probably at best right now. MIGA is multi-year guaranteed annuity. And the other thing that's really great about any annuity is that it compounds the interest. So instead of having to report the interest earned on your CD every year, and when you file your taxes, you don't have to do that with an annuity. So it compounds the interest much, and, and, and you get much more earnings, essentially, than in a CD. CDs are a terrible place to put your money right now. What I think is important about annuities is that they're safe. They're not the stock market. They are much safer than that. Right, and there's... Some, speaking of the stock market, there are, for quite a while now, things that are called fixed indexed annuities. And those are tied to the stock market, but they're not actually in the stock market. So you have the potential for some real serious gains, but you have no uh, possibility of losing any of your principal. It's completely principal protected. I mean, I don't understand why people wouldn't think that's a fantastic place to put your money. Um, it, it's safe, it's protected, you can't lose a nickel, but you have, you know, a really good potential for upside. You know, sometimes I sit down at this microphone and I think, all I have to do is wind them up a little bit and they just keep talking. That's not a quotation, by the way. Pete is a very talkative soul and I've always admired that because I'm not. He's loquacious. Well, one of the other myths about annuities in general is that they're expensive, and that's not true. Many annuities have no fees and no cost. Uh, most of the companies that we're working with right now have a fee that's uh, 1% or a little less than 1% per year. Um, compare that to things like mutual funds, for example, that, well, that fee you is, might be paying 2% or 2.5%. That fee is 0.95% for that particular annuity, and that's only um, if you're getting a bonus, and it's a significant bonus depending on how long the annuity is. Well, the most important feature, I think, is that the fixed indexed annuities that we're working with right now, um, they're principal guaranteed. You can't lose your principal. What could be more than not losing more important than not losing your principal. One of the other myths, and we just dealt with this with somebody uh, yesterday, uh, they came in and they said, what happens if I die? Are there any surrender charges or is my money gone? No, 100% uh, of the annuity value goes to your beneficiary. And that's another great reason for annuities is that they do have a defined and declared beneficiary. You have to have that on the application when it's submitted. And you can name contingent beneficiaries, and you can change them if you need to change the beneficiaries. So, Tenny, do you know what Rodney Dangerfield once said? I can't believe this. He said, I drink too much. The last time I gave a urine sample, it had an olive in it. Oh, jeepers. Oh, very nice. It was very bad. Some of his are borderline that I've chosen purposely not to use on the radio. There are also annuities that are called variable annuities that are actually in the stock market because one of the other myths is investing in the stock market is more profitable. Uh, you could get into a variable annuity with me. Uh, I typically just like to see people in a fixed indexed annuity. Uh, we've, I can't say what the gains are, but we have seen some people with enormous gains in these fixed indexed annuities. And again, you can't lose a nickel. I'd like to give you a quotation from one of my favorite poets of all time. We have visited his uh, home up in New Hampshire, Tenny. Was it New Hampshire, Vermont? I guess it was New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Robert Frost, he said, A mother takes 20 years to make a man of her boy, and another woman makes a fool of him in 20 minutes. <laughs> Brianna's not listening over there. That's right. <laughs> we like Robert Frost. Two yep. roads diverged in a yellow wood. Oh, don't get him going. And on and on. <laughs> well, and I took the one last travel. And that has made all the difference. Yep, no, that's a good quotation. I can recite the whole poem I if know, you like. No, that's why I said don't get him started. It's called The Road Not Taken. He can recite the entire poem, and he does often more than <laughs> I would like. Well, he also said, in three words, I can sum up everything I've learned about life. It goes on. Sort of profound, but not blank. Blank. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's a myth about annuity. Investing in the stock market is more profitable. I just said that one. You did? Oh, I guess I was looking were, for my quotations. <laughs> I literally just said that one. I said I could do a variable annuity. and Oh, you were talking about the variable annuity. Yes, I did. But I was talking about, about that myth as well. Okay. 
Now, well, of course, if you're there, then you have risks involved that you don't necessarily have with annuities. Annuities are only for retirees. Um, I don't think that's true at all. We don't usually like to recommend annuities for somebody who's really young, although the insurance companies also say, always say, uh, ages zero to 78, you can issue. But still, it's not a practical thing for somebody who's really young. Um, we've used them very creatively to help people realize a significant amount of money for their retirement. Well, another thing uh, to mention is a lot of people think that uh, annuities aren't safe and that they're going to lose their money if the company goes out of business. That's another myth. And, you know, we only work, first of all, work with A-rated companies. It would be highly unlikely. I always liken it to end of days kind of things that if, if an annuity company were to fail and the other companies were not able to uh, buy out uh, those contracts, it would really be like an end of days. Um, we're all ducking our heads and saying our last goodbyes because we only work with A-rated companies and any company, you know, say a B-minus company were to fail, the other companies have a, a like a, it's basically like a massive life insurance policy on each other and they would just buy out that con- that uh uh, company's contracts. Well, I think the most important message is that in all the years that we've been working with them, nobody has lost a nickel of their principal. And people will say, well, it's not FDIC insured, but it is insured, just not by the federal government. And uh, you like to mention, Dad, that if you know you have your money, if your money is gone from a bank that fails, did you know that the federal government has up to 20 years to repay you? And yes. that's the myth about FDIC. Here's a strong quotation from Ralph Waldo Emerson. I've taken to rereading him again recently. I've got a couple of his books. Shallow men believe in luck. Strong men believe in cause and effect. Yes, I don't see that. He didn't have a huge sense of humor. He also said, always do what you are afraid to do. Well, that's a good quote. Try something different. Try something new. Well, let's come back for a minute and just say a couple of more quick things about annuities, and then we're going to take one last break before we uh, uh, finish for the morning. Annuities are not just for retirees. We've already said that, um, and they're not growth products, some people think. On the contrary, we've seen people double their money in 10 years. We can't make that as a projection and as a promise because... A lot of the annuities that we work with are tied into an index. No, like, but for the most part, they have done very well for our clients Yep. Uh, without any fear of losing an, an any of their principal, which is fantastic. For the next uh, and final part of our show, we're going to be discussing other myths, uh, and I actually need to step out, so I will not be with you for the final portion of our show, but I hope you all have a great remaining part of your Sunday. Yes, and I'll give one more quotation before the break from Ralph Waldo Emerson. For every minute you remain angry, you give up 60 seconds of peace of mind. That's a good statement. I like that quote. I like Ralph Waldo Emerson. I've sort of rediscovered him recently. I'm reading his uh, treatise on nature right now. You have to sort of do foot slogging to it, but it's quite interesting. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Money Wise is in many places. If you missed a minute of the show or want to listen to past episodes of Money Wise, go online to usawealthgroup.com and click on the radio page. That's usawealthgroup.com. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back, Attorney Tenny Lance. And good morning to Attorney Michael Coleman. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. I'd like to give you another quotation about Robert Frost. I didn't realize he had some interesting quotations as well as poems. So Robert Frost once wrote, A person will sometimes devote all his life to the development of one part of his body, the wishbone. <laughs> ah, he was he was a sharp man. 
I always admired the fact that President Kennedy had him speak at his inauguration. Right, he wrote a special He was the poet laureate of the country at that point. Yep, and he wrote a special poem just for the inauguration. Talking this morning about myths pertaining to life insurance, annuities, estate planning myths, and boy, there's a lot of estate planning myths. So I guess if I had to say rule number one, when you're thinking about these things is, first of all, don't listen to your neighbor. Um, They're always gonna tell you something wrong and they're not gonna get it right. Uh, Secondly, do get some professional advice because that's where you're gonna do it correctly. And And most importantly, don't wait. Do you find, Mike, that a lot of people just kind of like wait until the last minute to come in and talk about estate planning? They do. People tend to wait until something happens or they just never do it at all, actually. Or something (laughs) shocking happens in their family, maybe. Suddenly somebody in their family has died and they say, oh no, I need to do something myself. Mm -hmm. I really should take care of these things. But people tend to procrastinate. Right. I have a situation now where a woman passed away. She was fairly young and she had a retirement account that she meant to update with her husband as beneficiary or they're not sure if she did or not. And so she passed away fairly suddenly. And now we're waiting for the company to send out beneficiary paperwork we don't even know where it's going to be sent (laughs) because they won't tell us. It's a mystery. Yeah. They won't tell (laughs) us who the beneficiaries are. They're just going to send out the forms to the beneficiary. (laughs) So he's waiting to see if he gets anything. Isn't that incredible? I think one of the most interesting things about practicing law are all the unusual circumstances that you run into. You Mm. never know what the next client will bring. Yeah. Or is... Madeline Kahn said in Blazing Saddles, oh, it's true, it's true. <laughs> but I can't tell you the backstory behind that on the air. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, there are lots of mistake, estate planning myths, and there are lots of estate planning mistakes. The, the biggest mistake is simply failing to plan in the first place, and everybody needs to plan. I guess the common thing that you say a lot, Tenny, is, if you don't make a plan, the government has a plan for you, and it may be not be what you want to have happen. And um, how about digital assets? A lot of people think, well, I've got stuff in my computer, but I'm not really worried about that. I'm really worried about my bank accounts and my things. People don't think about planning for digital assets, do they? Passwords. Oh, and I'm so bad about passwords myself. Yes, it's, it's an affliction. <laughs> um, that's one word we could use to describe it. It's, it's sort of like not wanting to get involved in the digital age, I think, is what it is. Maybe. I don't know. But I just I don't keep track very well. Well, uh, of your own digital accounts, yes. In the office, you're very organized. But when you do estate planning, don't forget about your power of attorney. Don't forget about who's your health care representative. What if you've named children as your healthcare representative and they move to the opposite side of the country? Mm-hmm. Maybe they should be thinking about reviewing those documents or maybe revising them. That's one of the reasons why we have our review meetings is to sit down and go over the documents and see if anything's changed that people may want to change. If a child moved or some circumstances change in their lives, you can name new executors or agents. So here's, here's a myth. I did my estate plan 10 years ago, and I'm all set. That's, that's a good myth because Could you, be. <laughs> you, you do need to update them. Mm-hmm. Now, when somebody comes in and you've done their estate plan and you just come in and they're coming in for a review meeting with you, um, do you typically charge for that meeting? No, it's a free meeting. Um, we say come in every three years or so just as a free review to look to see if anything's changed and as part of that, we also go over assets to make sure things that are should be in the trust are in the trust or things that should have beneficiaries have beneficiaries, and that's always something we look at too. And you also want to see, I suppose, whether assets have increased in value because if they've increased in value, maybe somebody who didn't have to worry about an estate tax before now must worry about an estate tax. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a married couple, Tenny, um, or... Yeah, it would have to be a married couple. It could be same-sex couple, too, couldn't it? Sure. Um, same-sex couples, um, 
two men who are married to women who are married, um, they have the same rights and obligations to do planning as you know, non-same-sex couples do. Right, and I think that word is the operative one, that they have the right to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had that for many years now in Massachusetts. That's correct. Um, without any estate planning, they'd be in the same boat as others who um, die without any will or trust. And a lot of times you'll have same-sex couples um, who may get married and then later adopt children, and it doesn't necessarily occur to them that now they have children who are their legal heirs, and they need to plan for that situation as well. They need to name guardians, right? Well, they need to do all of it, but you do need to update and review periodically. Um, If you have somebody new who's coming in who might have done an estate plan with somebody else, another law firm, for example, um, do you charge for your initial meeting to review those documents? And when you're meeting with those people, probably not unless you're doing a detailed review of a trust or something, I suppose. Well, if if the document is still valid, we, we look it over for sure. We attempt not to interpret or uh, criticize any other documents, but if we see that there are some things lacking in them or the situation has changed, then we would tell the client. Mm-hmm. Now, how about this as a myth? I don't need to worry about my final arrangements, my funeral and burial arrangements, because my family knows what my wishes are. Maybe. Maybe. And maybe they have money to pay for it, and maybe they don't. Yep. So um, I know we can help here in the financial company at USA Wealth Group with making sure that there's a payment plan in place or a small insurance policy to take care of that. I wonder how many people have ever thought about doing that. And I wonder if somebody has a particular set of wishes, but they haven't put it down in writing, how do they know that their wishes are going to be followed if they don't put it down in writing or make some prearrangements? Mm-hmm. So all those things are important, aren't they? It's not morbid. It's good planning. That's right. And it's an exemption if you <laughs> have paid for that for the, for the nursing home and need Medicaid. It's an exemption. Now, how about this? Um, you have somebody who comes in, they say, well, we've got three children, and I want to leave, uh, or maybe it's just a single person. I've got three children, I want to leave $150,000 to each of my three children, because that's about how much money I have. And then the money goes away. Or they leave money to one child, and they leave a house to another child. It's more important, I would think, in some cases, to think about leaving assets in terms of percentages instead of just dollar amounts. Yeah, it's always hard when people come in and say, I want to split things up you know, between kids if it's anything other than just leave things equally because then you get into you know, what's the value of the house, um, what if the retirement accounts or other kinds of accounts go down in value or if they use the money and then there's not enough in the account. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always that's always tricky, but it's one of the things that we try to figure out when people come in is how to split things up. And let me ask this question. Do you think, Tenny, that uh, children should automatically receive assets when they're of legal age? Uh, if you're talking about age 18, yes. <laughs> then absolutely not. Um, so, our recommendation is that if... Uh, someone between 18 and at least 25 is to inherit something that they would inherit it through a trust where someone uh, who is responsible can determine whether that expenditure is useful, valid, sensible, and all those sorts of things. You could also use staggered ages too, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. Say, I want yes. one third at 25 and one third mm-hmm. at 30 and one third at 35. Yep. What about somebody who might have special needs? You can make special arrangements, right? Absolutely. um, You do not want somebody who is receiving public benefits to receive your estate unless it is huge and that that estate could then take care of the child because public benefits are much more important over the life of that person. So the concern is if you don't word it carefully and make special needs language in your trust document, 
uh, they could end up losing some of their public benefits. Right. And then you need to think about, gosh, there's so many things I can think about. What if you want to make a gift to charity? What if you want to make sure your pets are taken care of? And what if you have new pets that you didn't have when you did your trust or your will before? You need to make arrangements for all those kinds of things, don't you? So the message today is that people don't think about these things or things change in your life. You know, Tony Robbins once said, he's a famous um, self-help motivational speaker, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. That's an interesting quotation from Tony Robbins. And I guess the main message here and what we've been trying to tell people this morning is that don't be afraid to look at an annuity. And don't be afraid to consider life insurance. No, at least investigate some of these things because these are all tools that are designed to help your family, to help you stay in your house, to protect you, to take care of your kids, to just in general provide a legacy or whatever else you want to do. So as we leave you this morning, the message ought to be very simple. Don't listen to your neighbors. Don't listen to your friends and what they have to tell you about some of these very important, useful financial products. There's a lot more than meets the eye, and there's a lot more you can ask questions about. Our job here, hopefully, is to tell you that uh, not everything that you hear is real. Give us a call. We'd be happy to have a consultation with you. It doesn't cost anything to come in. Most importantly, do something to protect your family and do something for yourself. And we're here to help you do it. Thank you for listening. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and USA Wealth Group, Inc. are not affiliated companies. Firm offers insurance services. USA Wealth Group, Inc. is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. USA Wealth Group Inc. is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. USA Wealth Group Inc. has a strategic partnership with tax professionals and attorneys who can provide legal advice. Lance Law Inc. is not affiliated with USA Wealth Group Inc. or AE Wealth Management. This radio show is a paid placement.